0: On today's Locked On Jayhawks, we recap the Kansas North Dakota State game, and we also take a look at the Kansas Texas Tech game in football. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Monday through Friday on KLWN and Lawrence from 3 to 6 o'clock. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to recap the Kansas-North Dakota State game from last night. We're also going to look ahead to tomorrow's action with Kansas taking on Texas Tech on the football field. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So KU North Dakota State, Kansas wins 82 to 59. Actually ends up being a closer game than the Omaha one, which uh North Dakota State's predicted to be one of the three or four best teams in the the Summit League this season. They finished in the uh, conference tournament title game the last four years. So they've been one of the more consistent teams in there. Omaha maybe more of a bottom tier team. So it's not like crazy that it was a closer game, but it's funny because it was a better overall game for KU. And they were looking like they were going to run away with it by 30-plus points at different points throughout the game. North Dakota State um, really kind of closed well against some of the backup lineups for KU. But uh, Kansas was um, – really impressive in that game and, and especially with their ability to get out in transition cause steals, create pressure. That was, I think the most telling thing to me in that game. And it's, it's not crazy. You have, you know, obviously DeWan Harris and Kevin McCuller guys who were really good and, and have quick hands and have the ability to create steals and pressure the ball really well. Um, and that was really the difference in the game because you look at kind of coming into things grant nelson and andrew morgan six foot ten and six foot eleven big men down low for north dakota state and in the case of grant nelson norm roberts the head coach for kansas was very complimentary of his game he said you know he's a future pro he said he would be one of the best big men in the big 12 and kansas was able to kind of snuff him out he had 11 points nine rebounds in the game, he went just 3 of 10 from the field in 25 minutes, and, and a lot of that production came kind of later, too. Like, early in the game, he wasn't really having an impact. And the same for, like, Andrew Morgan. I, again, another, like, big man who, meanwhile, you're throwing out a lineup with K.J. Adams at 6'7", and Jalen Wilson at 6'8", outside of some of the minutes with Ernest Duday or Zach Clements or Zuby Edgifer or whatnot, and they never really were a problem for you inside, and he did it a couple things. Like, one, yes, the, the big men for Kansas deserve credit for – being able to, you know, prevent North Dakota State's bigs from kind of taking over the game inside. And they did a good job of that. But there's more to it than just that. You, you look at um, KU being able to pressure the ball well and get out on the perimeter and make uh, tougher passes or tougher angles for the guards to enter it in in the post. Like that was obviously important. Double teaming. It It was certainly a game where if North Dakota State did get it down low in the post, KU would throw a lot of quick double teams out there, and that's credit to some of the perimeter players for being able to quickly get to the double team and then quickly adjust back out on the outside. Now, North Dakota State not having uh, maybe a ton of great guards around the team allows you to maybe... You know help more with those double teams because you're a little less concerned about the ball getting kicked out but that was impressive to see for kansas and if they're going to play extended minutes of of K.J. Adams at the five, you're going to be playing other teams where you are going to have to double in the post down low. So that's going to be an important skill for Kansas to possess over the course of this season. Now, when the other fives were in there, like Ernest Uday continues to run the court really, really well and show a lot of athleticism and bounce for the center position and the lobs that are going to get thrown and were thrown last night to Uday or K.J. Adams or whoever was, was really impressive. And it certainly seems like Uday has the big step up over Zach Clements and Zuby Ejiofor. Clements struggles last night. Ejiofor comes in kind of for mop-up duty at the end. was impressive. Uh, we'll see if that leads to more minutes for him, but certainly it looks like Ernest Duday and K.J. Adams uh, continually over the first couple games here are taking over those positions. Jalen Wilson looked great once again. 21 points for him, 9 rebounds. He kind of labored after he got super close to getting his career high and was unable to to move past that. But back to back games now and really the exhibition too, where you look at him just being kind of a dominant force for you on that end. Um for Grady Dick, like, you know, the shot wasn't as much there as it was in the first game, but still five of eleven from the floor. Uh he figures out other ways to impact things as well, the six rebounds, the three assists. And then you just look at like what Dewan Harrison and, and Kevin McCullough are going to do defensively this year is going to be so much fun to watch the the amount of quick hands from those guys and ability to create open floor opportunities for Kansas by getting to transition and being locked down defenders it's going to be really fun to watch for KU on that end Uh, but how about a couple of the bench guys Um, I, I guess Joe Yesifu deserves some credit here too eight points really got the shot going early was hitting tough shots which that's going to be the question for him and uh, I'm sure uh, if you look at things and say, well, we have the the five starters, with Jalen, KJ, Dewan, Grady, and Kevin, and then we're going to have, you know, Ernest Uday off the bench, or even if Ernest Uday takes over as the starting center at some point, and KJ's coming off the bench, and then you have Bobby Pettiford coming off the bench, who was excellent. He had eight assists in the game. We saw his scoring in the first game. We saw his facilitating in the second game, and he continues to be really impressive. And I walk away from that game saying he's going to be a future star for Kansas. He might already be star kind of in the making this year. But uh, when you're coming off the bench, I don't know, I guess Remy Martin was coming off the bench for you last year. So uh, there's a lot of things that he can provide. But then you have those seven guys. We know that come March, come the NCAA tournament, the rotation might only be seven guys. It might be an eighth guy, right? And so who is that eighth guy going to be? Well, it seems like the battle there would be between MJ Rice and Joe Yesifu. We saw for the first time MJ Rice. He looked really impressive really good athlete, got out in transition, showed his athleticism really well, can hit tough shots for you, which is impressive. He also did shoot a lot, 10 shots in 18 minutes. Uh, he certainly wanted to make his presence felt when he was out there. So um, he's someone who is very interesting because he has I uh, I don't know, a lot of prospect pedigree kind of coming in. He's not someone who's known for being a great shooter, which this team could need, but he is a scorer and can score in bunches. So there's probably going to be games where MJ Rice you know, has the shot going and and he's able to sustain on the court for a while. There's also going to be some games where maybe the shot isn't going and he's one of five. And if he's not doing some of the other little things, which that's always the key with Bill self freshmen and, and players in general, then maybe he's not on the floor as much. Whereas with Joe Yesifu, like, can you make those shots consistently as well? Like, And both those guys kind of did everything they could want in that game yesterday, which is certainly interesting because they're in direct competition with each other and you have that kind of back and forth between the two of them. But overall, good win for KU. Never really stressed in this game like they were at a bit of a moment, like only up seven in the second half on Omaha. No really issues with that. So that was a good tune-up game for them before they have to take on uh, Duke coming up on Tuesday. We'll preview that game a little bit maybe coming up on Monday's show, and then do a full preview for it on Tuesday's show. But coming up next, we got to get to our Kansas-Texas Tech preview. This is Locked on Jayhawks. And this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, whatever you're watching season with Underdog Fantasy. It's super easy to navigate, to view, find your favorite team or player props, to bet on on any of the action they also have drafts that you can do if if you want to do like head-to-head drafts or drafts with a big group of people for individual games or time slots this week i'm gonna go to the nfl i haven't seen any of the ku stuff up as of yet a lot of times it comes out maybe saturday morning for the ku stuff uh but chiefs are up there patrick mahomes under 330 and a half total yards chiefs could not run the ball at all last week against tennessee Maybe they, they put a little bit more emphasis on, on trying to establish that ground game. Maybe they get up big early on Jacksonville. They're not having to throw as much. So I'm going under 330 and a half total yards. Still think it's a big game, but you know maybe 280 to 300 total yards. It still gives you 30 to 50 to spare. Uh, let's go with Nick Chubb, over 78 and a half rushing yards. Absolute stud. I don't trust the Dolphins' defense. And then uh, Tua, over 270 and a half passing yards. He's really lit it up and... On the flip side, like the Browns haven't been great defensively as well. And if you do that, that pays out six to one. So you put $5 on it, you win 30 if uh, all those three come through. You can follow my picks or you can choose your own. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states, including right here in Kansas. Just pick between two and five players across any team. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code locked on, all one word, and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Deposit a hundred, get a hundred free. Go to underdogfantasy.com, find the underdog fantasy app in the app store and Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick em action today. And Kansas takes on Texas Tech tomorrow, six o'clock you can hear pregame for that and the game over on KLWN in Lawrence. This is interesting because Texas Tech is the team coming into this one who is fighting for the bowl game. Kansas is the team that is, you know, the, the pressure is off. We've already made the bowl game and, and we're fighting for, you know, the cherry on top. Texas the team that's kind of ravaging their way to, to try to get to six wins. I wonder if, That could help KU with the pressure kind of being off that it's no more, okay, uh, uh, can we get win number six? We've got three straight losses. Every loss is mounting more pressure. Can we get that sixth win? Now that the pressure is off, you wonder if KU can play even looser of mind. Although, given how much they beat Oklahoma State last week, makes you kind of think they weren't really worried about it too much. So, I don't know. Um, You also though wonder if Kansas off that win over Oklahoma State. You get a big victory. Crowd storms the fields. you're bowl eligible, like you have all these things to celebrate and that you accomplished. Could it be a down game for Kansas because of that celebration to make it a bowl game? And if it is in a game that's expected to be close, like that could tilt it to Texas Tech's way. But I will say in that regard, we have seen plenty of, I guess, quote unquote, letdown opportunities for Kansas in the Lance Leipold era, even through just a year and a half, two years. And the Jayhawks have not had a letdown so there's been opportunities for them to have it and they haven't showed any signs of doing that um they're just they're so process oriented and it's kind of like you know i don't know they they just have like the blinders on it feels like to some of this stuff And, and i think proof is in the pudding like last season you beat texas in a double overtime game in austin your first win there since world war ii and you would have thought that okay it'd be easy to have a letdown opportunity the next week against tcu team trying to make a bowl game in fort worth but you almost beat tcu So you didn't have the letdown opportunity this year, game number two of the season. You win at West Virginia, and it's like a breakout win to, to, you know, have a statement this season of what you could be. You could have easily had a letdown, especially after overtime in the game at Houston. And you were actually more dominant against Houston than you were against West Virginia. So you didn't have a letdown there. You beat Iowa State in kind of a crazy game to earn college game day and you followed up by nearly beating a TCU team that is now ranked fourth in the country. So I guess, point blank, like they haven't not at all shown an affinity to being a roller coaster team that's going to go through different ups and downs, which, I mean, that's a testament to the staff and and the players as well, but the staff for getting 18 to 23-year-olds to be that level-headed and to not have to worry about letdowns, And, and that doesn't mean that a letdown couldn't happen this week. I guess I'm just not really going to be too concerned about it because to this point, they haven't really shown an affinity to do that uh, in the Lance Leipold era. Now, offensively, Texas Tech goes fast. Defensively, they've got a top, I don't know, 15-20 pick for the NFL draft upcoming in Tyree Wilson, who is a stud, but overall, the defensive front is really good for them, and they have a really good pass rush. Uh, KU got whooped last season in this matchup. It was homecoming for Kansas. They were coming off, I believe, a bye, and they just kind of got smashed from the get-go. I think it was like, 41 to three or 41 nothing. And then Kansas got a couple last minute touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make the score look a little bit better. But, you know, overall, not great. The few matchups prior to that, though, um, Kansas either won or nearly won. You had the win in 2019, and Lawrence in 2020 went down to Lubbock. And that was obviously a Kansas team that, that didn't end up with a win that season, but you only lost 16 13. They had all sorts of turnovers, kind of an ugly game down there in Lubbock. So you have had some success in this series, but last season, uh, things were were pretty ugly for you. That was one of the bad Jason Bean games, so to speak. But we haven't really seen that this year. It's been all good. Now, maybe we've seen a series or a quarter or a half where it hasn't been a great Jason Bean. But, you know, the floor this year uh, is higher on Jason Bean than, than it was a season ago. Uh, tech has been a lot better at home. And that's where this one's going to obviously be. But, you know, overall, this is a very winnable game for KU. Matchups of the game. Let's start with first down. The Kansas offensive line against the Texas Tech front. I mentioned Tyree Wilson. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL and a middle-to-high one at that. Uh, you look at the the chaos and the pressure that he creates. It is astounding. You even saw that last week against TCU. Like you see him come around on, I think it was like a fourth down and just blow up a play for TCU that ends up being a non-conversion near the red zone. And overall, it's just been a tech pass rush that's been pretty good this season. Um, I don't know who it's going to be based on... He He's an outside linebacker that that comes around the edge a lot and is a pass rusher. And a lot of the time, he he lines up on the right side of the offensive line. So I don't know if that's going to be a Bryce Cable do thing, or I don't know if they'll move him around and you're going to see some more robustic. I also don't know. I mean, you had uh some injuries along that offensive line for KU last week or, or on Saturday. Now, it, it seems like... You know, everybody's going to be good to go for this week on that line, I would think. But uh, you just never know who it's going to be, regardless of who it is on the outside. You're going to have your hands full with Tyree Wilson. I'd imagine that's where the tight ends and the running backs in the blocking game are really going to try to come in and uh, help you out with, with certain chips and whatnot. So to that notion, you need good help from the tight ends and the running backs in their blocking game as well. But they're also good in the middle. So this can't just be, oh, you put all the attention on the outside. Uh, Jalen Hutchings for them on the inside. He's one of the highest graded defensive tackles in the country on pro football focus. Tony Bradford Jr. has been really strong as well. So again, that now changes up to now you're looking at the interior of the offensive line, which for Kansas, you struggled a couple weeks ago against Siaki Ika for Baylor, but so has a lot of people. Um, Oklahoma State was more about their edge players last week, and you were able to contain them. Can you contain the interior as well against Texas Tech? Because it's one thing if Tyree Wilson's going off, you can try to do some things to help with that with those extra players. It's another thing if their interior is going off as well. Now, if you can hold this Texas Tech unit in check, Texas Tech ranks 94th in the country on pro football focus in coverage grade. So you're putting a lot on their back end. But overall, Tech, if you look at the stats, has been a good pass defense this year. The big reason why, it's not necessarily because of the coverage, it's because of that pass rush. So If you hold them in check, you might have some success here. And then meanwhile, on the ground, Kansas is number one in yards per rush in the Big 12. Texas Tech is seventh in rushing yards allowed per try. So the Kansas offensive line versus the Texas Tech front has to, in the passing game, you know, hold their own in the running game, just have it be kind of status quo for what it's been so far this season. Second down, dominate their offensive line. You played really well on the line of scrimmage last week against Oklahoma State, and you've had other games where that's been the case as well. And as we've talked about many times, a lot of the, I guess, commonalities, so to speak, of you know some of the games that the pass rush hasn't been as disruptive for Kansas, it, it's come against good offensive lines. Like Oklahoma does have a good offensive line. Baylor does have a good offensive line. Oklahoma State, that was not really the case. And you ended up taking advantage of that. Texas Tech falls into more of the Oklahoma State side of things. They're 94th in the country in pass blocking grade on pro football focus. They are 116th. And run blocking grade. And it's kind of across the board for them. It's not like this guy's a weakness and, you know, this guy's really good. Here is the pro football focus grades from left tackle to right tackle in order from left to right 52.9, 54.5, 52.2, 55, and then 62.9. This is not a very good offensive line for Texas Tech. Dominate this game if you're the KU defensive line. Third down. Luke Graham slash the KU slot receivers versus Marquise Waters slash the Texas Tech slot cornerbacks. Um, When you look at this pass rush, that could mean that if they're getting there quickly, you're going to have to throw a quick route. Maybe you don't have as much time for some of the outside routes that maybe take a little bit time uh, to develop. So you might want to hit them with some of the interior routes. But it's not just that. Luke Graham has been excellent this season, and you saw him impact the game heavily in his return to Oklahoma State both individually in the statistics and as far as the team's output like them having a really good offensive game yeah there were a lot of things that went into it and the most important was their running attack running for over 300 yards in the offensive line and whatnot and Devin Neal but there's no coincidence that the offense looks better when Luke Grimm is out on the field. And when you look at Marquise Waters, who is mostly a slot corner for Texas Tech, he has been the Red Raiders' top-rated corner and defensive back. He plays a lot in the slot. That's going to be a really fun matchup in this game. And if Kansas wins it, that's really helpful to maybe slow down some of their pass rush. Fourth down, Kansas defensive backs capitalizing on interception chances. Texas Tech is not great at running the football. And if KU can force them into passing tries— despite the fact that, yes, Kansas is allowing a Big 12 high 66% completion rate, um, which is last in the conference. They have shown an affinity for making big plays, and a big guy for doing that is Kobe Bryant, who we just saw last week get an interception, force another one to Rich Miller. No team has thrown more interceptions in the Big 12 than Texas Tech. They have 16 interceptions. Second most is 10. So they have thrown six more interceptions than the second most intercepted team in the Big 12. They're going to give you opportunities. Kobe Bryant takes advantage of those opportunities. Tech is also last in passer efficiency grade in the Big 12. Take advantage of those opportunities. Get a couple interceptions in this game. All right. In just a moment, we're going to uh get on to our bet online segment of the week here on Locked On Jayhawks. But first, this episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security and but you've been putting it off, you're going to want to listen up. Locked on Jayhawks listeners can order the number one rated home security system with Simply Safe for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. You can control the system right from your phone with the app, watching the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras and the wide variety of high-tech sensors. They've got 24-7 monitoring agents and a super helpful tech support staff. And in an emergency, that 24-7 monitoring agent staff uses fast protect technology exclusively with Simply Safe to capture a critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police responses. It's perfect for the holiday season because you're ordering packages or you might be out of town visiting family and you want that peace of mind at home, don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafecom locked on college today. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafecom locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Our uh, bet online segment of the week here featuring Kansas and Texas Tech. Kansas is plus three and a half in the game. I I, I kind of like that right now for Kansas. I would be taking that at plus three and a half because I do think Kansas has a really good shot of winning this game. And even if they do lose it, I expect it to be a close game. Now, obviously it's going to be a raucous environment in Tech. At least I would think so. You know, normally for night games at Tech, they bring a good crowd. You never know how it's going to be against Kansas, but now that Kansas is six and three, I would imagine it'll be a good crowd for Texas Tech, ruckus and everything. So uh, that'll be, uh, you know, tough to deal with for Kansas, but I kind of like the plus three and a half. They're plus 142 money line. I don't mind that either because it feels like close to a uh, coin flip game for me. And then the over-under is 64 points. I'm not sure how much better the Texas Tech offense is than the Oklahoma State offense last week. So if KU's defense plays at the same level, now that was KU forcing a, a handful of turnovers. So you can't necessarily expect that, but maybe you can expect a couple. I would expect Texas Tech to score you know, somewhere in the 20s in this game. If Tech scores in the 30s, that's probably a bad sign of how the KU defense played uh, in this game. Now, they do run a lot of tempo, so maybe it's not that simple. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, it isn't that simple because Tech could score 31, but it's on the same amount of possessions that Oklahoma State scored, like, you know, 16 points or something like that. They just ran more plays and it was a higher possession game. But by efficiency, maybe you were just as good against Oklahoma State. So uh, I I guess it's a little hard to, to judge that. Kansas might want to slow it down a little more. Tech might want to run really fast. I think I would be leaning the under in that game, but I don't love it one way or another. Feels like a 31-24, 27-24, 31-28 type of game for me, and all those numbers I'm coming up with are uh, under, the over-under. By the way, you can also bet online if you want to get in on some uh, KU basketball action in a couple weeks. The Duke line will be out shortly but uh if you want kansas to win the battle for atlantis you can get them at plus 260 they're just behind tennessee and just ahead of dayton to win that you can also get them to win the big 12 at plus 250 which i believe if they share the conference you get uh, winnings on the bet so uh, that one a little more long term probably feel good about because bill self that's just what he does he wins the big 12 but if you want a more short-term bet that just lasts one week now you're gonna feel bad if they lost like the first game because then you're out of it right away but plus 260 to win battle for atlantis tennessee's looked really good so far but uh don't think that's a bad bet at all all right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up on Monday show, we're going to recap the Texas Tech game. Maybe we'll do a short look ahead to the Duke game on Tuesday. That'll be mostly Tuesday show, though. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along on the action, you can reach out at D Radio on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked on Jayhawks, whether it's through our podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts, or if it's through YouTube, which you can subscribe to now as well. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today from 3 to 6 on KLW and Lawrence. Have a good one. Bye.